The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Yes, it is Friday. Thank goodness. Uh, it, it's been a long week. Finn doesn't even remember where he is, but we're we are here. Uh, I don't know if I remember where we are, but I do know it's WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. That is your direct line to a good time, so jump in. If you call, you'll be talking to Justin. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. Be nice to him. You get to me. You know the rules. That's how it works. We're here until 8 o'clock. Then it's Brewers Weekly. Uh, It is Friday, which is always exciting, but uh, I had to call my mom today. Uh, because I thought I might have broken her back because I did, in fact, step on a crack. And we know that today is Friday the 13th. And, uh, you know, so any anything bad can happen today, right? This is the uh, this is the day where all the superstitions come to light. Are you a superstitious man, Justin? Uh, yeah, sure. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it depends. <laughs> it sounded like you were like... Hmm, I don't know how he wants to answer me. I'll say, yeah, sure, maybe, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, try, your, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of something. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I'm trying to think of something that well, I would that's be okay. superstitious if, about. That's all right. Some A lot of people are very superstitious, and especially today. And what's weird about it is that Friday the 13th, really, there's nothing to back it up. There's no real proof but uh, that bad things can happen today uh but everybody looks at it you catch all your all the red lights on your way to work that's bad luck uh you know the Packers. if the packers had lost today oh my sports team lost it's bad luck yeah i'm sports Uh, i'm in the sports department for sure all right so are you a guy who like what's your sports superstition um, let's see, like when I was little, rally caps on all the time in baseball if you're down in the last inning, <laughs> something like that. All right. Um, I don't know, just uh, if I'm watching a game with someone sometimes, I would need to almost leave a room and be by myself, and sometimes I feel like the team plays better. Um, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. How are you, where do you fall on the don't mention a no-hitter? Oh or a God. perfect game? All the, t- all, all the time, all the time. If someone says it, so it's you- over. So okay. if someone so if would, someone says it before it happens, into. it's over. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, I I don't like I respect that tradition. I know I know it really means nothing. But I'm not going to if I'm watching a game that is in that situation. I'm not going to say anything just because I know how strongly people feel about that. You know, I know in my heart that me saying, "Oh my gosh, this could be a perfect game." Is that suddenly the pitcher isn't going to get some weird vibrations through the cosmos and go, oh, no, I can't pitch anymore. But, like I said, that one, while I don't believe it, I respect it. Um, I talked to somebody the other day, uh, a, a physical therapist who used to play college soccer. And out of the blue, she said, oh, yeah, I used to, uh, you know, I had the superstition of wearing the same socks every game, putting my shin pads, my socks, and my cleats on the exact same way every game. And we hear athletes have a lot of those superstitions. You know, like not not stepping on the foul line when they're walking onto the field or uh, not stepping on the logo of, the, of your team in the locker room. That's supposed to be real bad luck. So sports is rife with superstitions. But really, 
most of our fears of Friday the 13th, according to health experts, are fueled by pop culture. A uh, mental health therapist at North Central Healthcare in Wausau said uh, all of it is pop culture. It's definitely emphasized the trepidation behind Friday the 13th. Um, it's not universal. Everywhere around the world, they don't do it. They don't do it. Uh, Spanish-speaking countries, Friday the 13th isn't Friday the 13th. It's Tuesday the 13th because Tuesdays are considered unlucky in Spanish-speaking countries. It, ma it makes about as much sense as Friday being unlucky, so it doesn't matter. Uh, number 17 is unlucky in Italy instead of 13. I want to know your superstitions. Get them in. 855-616-1620. We want to hear your superstitions because I come from an Irish family. Irish people tend to have a lot of superstitions. We love to think about death all the time. We love to uh, think about the, uh, the pukas and the uh, bad spirits that are going to come and get us. So one I grew, one I grew up watching is my dad had a superstition that if you left the house and you forgot something, you had to, you couldn't just come in, pick it up, and leave. You had to come in and then sit down and count to 10. Now, you know, he had a master's degree. He was a high school principal. He was not, he was not uh, a guy who you would think would be prone to superstition. And saying that, I don't know what kind of people are prone to superstition. But anyway, he would come in and, he, oh, I forgot, I forgot whatever. And he'd run back in the house, and then he'd sit down on the stairs, and he'd count to 10 before he left the house. And it was every time, and it was my whole life, until he passed away, he would do it if he forgot something. We go, what's with Dad? He goes, it's just good luck. You just got to do it. He also believed, as a lot of people do, that if a bird gets into your house, there's two ways of looking at this. My wife has heard it, that it's a, someone who is dead coming back to visit you. So that if, say, say a relative, a loved one, a friend died, and you get a bird in the house, that means they're trying to come visit you. We were told that it is a harbinger of death. That if a bird gets in your house, someone is going to die. So there was one time that I did get a bird in my house, and I called my dad, and he freaked out and just hung up the phone. I was like, all right, thanks for all the help, Dad. That was uh, that was fantastic. Now, Jeff says, with the Mega Millions huge jackpot, today could be somebody's very lucky day. We're going to mention that because, yes, Friday the 13th has proved to be pretty lucky. But I want to talk a little bit more about superstitions, the uh, origins of these superstitions, and, uh, you know, is it all just in our heads? I don't know. Share your superstitions with us. It's Friday the 13th, 855-616-1620. And this is WTMJ Nights. Well, the theme for Friday the 13th, because it is Friday the 13th. How superstitious are you? Are you superstitious at all? Because... You know, everybody is worried today. Well, I say everybody. I didn't realize till I was uh, I had been awake for a while. I was like, oh yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth. Okay, that's good. Uh, pop culture, according to some mental health experts, is behind it. You know, with the movies, Friday the thirteenth, and all of that. 
Um, there was a 1907 novel that they think may have started it in this country called Friday the 13th. It was about a New York City stockbroker who creates uh, chaos in the stock market. And um, the book came out and everything about it was Friday the 13th. So suddenly that became a bad, uh, a bad omen. You know, I don't know. Is it religious? That's what some people think. Uh, I've got some texts coming in. Uh, Jeff and Fox Point, I think January and June are my bad luck months. I've had a lot of friends and family members die during these two months. Sorry to be so morbid. Well, sorry for your losses, Jeff. Yeah, that's it's strange that they would all happen in there in those two months. That's strange. Doug says, one superstition our family had, also Irish, when we left the house, we would use the front door. When we got home, it, we had to use the back door. Strange, but it seemed to work. Now that's that's one I've never understood. I'd like to. I wonder what the rationale is behind that. Leaving by the front door and coming back in, and returning to your home through the back door. That's one I've never heard. From the four one four, if there's a coin a coin laying on the ground, I'll only pick it up if it's face up. Really, but if it's face down, I won't touch it. If there's people around and it's face up, I'll touch it with my shoe. Face up is good luck. Face down is bad luck. Huh. All right. I've never heard of that one either. Have you heard of that one, Justin? The coin up or down? Uh, no, I have not. All I've ever heard about the coins is find a penny, pick it up all the day, you'll have good luck. See a penny, let it lie. You'll have bad luck till the day you die. I know the rhyme, but I didn't know the the heads up or heads down. Hmm. Well, they're saying that some people theorize that maybe it's religious. This whole Friday the Thirteenth uh, deal. They say, oh, look. and I love the conspiracy theorists trying to back this kind of stuff up. It's always it's always the same. Well, thirteen people were at the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus was killed on a Friday, so it's got to have something. Friday the third, Friday thirteen. See how it's all. It's like Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy, and Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Uh, there's, uh, it's just crazy. It could though be all in your head. Hmm. But I still want to hear your superstitions at 855-616-1620. Psychologically, according to these mental health experts, many superstitions are attached to either being in control or out of control. Some superstitions, like avoiding stepping on a crack because you don't want to break your mother's back, or a routine for good luck in a sporting event, we're looking at you, Justin, with your rally caps and leaving the room, are all about control. While other superstitions, like Friday the 13th, make people feel out of control. They say anytime there's a feeling or superstition of in control or out of control, you get anxiety. Uh, there's some sort of threat or chance of failure, so people get a little bit antsy about all of that. Dan is on the line. Uh, he doesn't believe in super. You don't believe in superstitions, Dan. Hi, Brian. How are you guys? Thank you for putting me on, Justin. I am well. Happy Friday the 13th. Yes. Um, I, for some goofy reason, um, closings on some of the properties I've bought and sold always landed on Friday the 13th. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, okay, exactly. Here we go. But I've made money on every one of them, and I work hard on it. And I, I believe in this fact and this reality that you make your luck by working hard 
and making things right and things will work out. Yeah, if you, I, I tend to agree with that. If you put yourself in the right situation and do the work, you'll probably, some people will call you lucky. Other people will say, well, they worked hard. That's how you, like you say, Dan, that's how you are perceived as lucky. Nobody gave it to you. You worked on it. Uh, but there's nothing in your life that you do that you might consider a little bit superstitious? Do you use the same pen at every closing? Do you do you use the same? The, well, using the same people for that is uh, just pure business. But nothing, nothing superstitious at all. Not really. No, it just fell on those days, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's weird. But hey, this seems like a good deal, and. <laughs> and you just work on it and you carry through. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, Dan, have a good weekend. Always good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. I only have um I have two superstitions that I that I do. I mentioned the not talking through the no hitter was more a courtesy than a superstition. I will not put a hat on a bed. That is supposed to bring bad luck. So no hats on the even if I've just bought a hat or a baseball cap or something, and I bring it home in the bag, I don't throw the bag with the hat on the bed. No hats on the bed. That's the other one. And because I come from uh, kind of a – I did a lot of theater. I do a lot of stand-up. So I'm always on stage. I I still go by the break a leg. It's never good luck before a show. Uh, it's always break a leg. And I that is a weird theater superstition that I still adhere to. Now, again, do I do I believe that if I put a hat on the bed, suddenly I will suffer catastrophic bad luck? I don't know, but why chance it? And the break a leg? Yeah, I'll play it safe. So maybe that is believing in superstitions. Uh, from the 262, if your baseball team is winning in the late innings, don't ever say, I can't believe we're going to win this game. Trust me, don't do it. Yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> That's, right there. I, he, no, he is. I told you I was at the Cotton Bowl, and you know Tulane scored what ended up being the winning touchdown with like nine seconds left, and I started getting texts from people, and I would not respond to those texts. I was, I'm not, I'm not typing in anything. I'm waiting until the final whistle, and then I will respond to these texts there because they had not, uh, had not won the game yet. From the 920, I cannot have my volume in my car or on TV on an odd number. I was that like almost that sounds like OCD. Little. When I was little, I was like that for uh, TV remotes for um, volume, 100%. Really? Yes, when I was little, 100%. Now, was it a superstition, you think, or was it more just a control kind of I don't thing? know. I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, but I definitely had the same thing. It was always even numbers. Really? And when did you grow out of that, or when did you decide you're? Right, you I know what? Know. When I it sounds great on seventeen. TV all the time, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I've never, I've never heard that one. Either. Now, I will say, but I don't think it's superstitious. I like things in even numbers. You know, uh, if I'm gonna have, I like two cookies. Uh, if I'm gonna have, uh, I like two. Uh, I don't two or four. I, I just there's something weird about odd numbers. There's like one doesn't belong there. You know. So that's weird, but I don't think it's a superstition. I think it's just because I'm weird. So that's that. I'm going to be even weirder if today pans Oh, Peggy says she's in Waukesha. No shoes on the bed and no Packer clothing during games. Wow. 
How do you feel about that one, Justin? Well, I'm a Bears fan, but that that's interesting. All right, do you wear that, Bears clothing during the yeah, games? Yeah, no, of course I do. That's that's interesting. Of Peggy. course. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is a, a unique one. Nope. So you even if the even if the Packers were in the Super Bowl, you wouldn't put on a Packers T-shirt or a Packers hat. Or like if you went to the game in person. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a little a little gear when you go to the game. I have a brother who won't wear gear to the game, but that's not a superstition. It's just because he thinks, you know, he thinks grown-ups shouldn't wear uniforms <laughs> or T-shirts and stuff. But then, like, if I go to his house on a random day, he's got a Bears T-shirt on, so he's not against it in principle. He's just against it at the game, which I find odd. Uh, today could be, somebody mentioned it before, today could be somebody's big, big lucky day. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's Brian Noonan with you on WTMJ Nights. We had just heard from Peggy in Waukesha saying one of her superstitions was not wearing Packer clothing during the games. She just texted back, I may have to rethink that after this year. So <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, Peggy, you or me or anybody could buy as much Packer gear, Bears gear, Bucks gear, whatever you want after tonight. $1.35 billion is the jackpot. I hesitate to ask, but Justin, do you have any tickets for tonight's big drawing? You know I don't, Brian. I know you don't. I know you don't. Oh, I. Do you? Right. Do you? Friday the 13th. Of course I do. Okay, what are you nuts? Okay, that I, hey, I'm rooting I'm for Every you. day I'm, I'm rolling the dice that I'm that I'm going to be out of here. Here's how, and you know why I'm feeling extra good today? Now, I mentioned Tuesday uh, that I had uh, gone a little crazy. And by a little crazy, I meant Tuesday I bought $20 worth of tickets. Um, I will tell you, I'll, after the news, because I don't want to keep Finn waiting, uh, after the news, I'll tell you what happened this morning that made things, uh, made me think that as of tomorrow, I might be a billionaire. I'll just, uh, that's the tease. Why do I think I'm going to be a billion? And it's not, listen, I'm not delusional. Trust me. There's some, there was a sign today that things are going good. So we'll talk about that. I also, after the news, come on, one point, this is the second biggest lotto drawing in history. I want to know if you usually buy tickets, did you buy more? And if you don't usually buy tickets, like me, did you get sucked in? And I also I gotta I gotta find out from uh, Justin why he is not participating in this uh, giant fantasy that we're all embroiled in. But first, we must go to the WTMJ twenty four hour newsroom. Finn Askin is standing by. Finn, tell me you have some tickets. I sadly do not, but I believe in you, no! Brian. I believe in you. Well, you're a rational newscaster, so I, <laughs> I can see you not giving into the falderall and fiddle dd of the lotto. Hey, hey, next time, next time, I believe. Have you bought into the Mega Millions hysteria? $1.35 billion up for grabs tonight. I know the odds are wildly against a person winning. But I find it weird that there are people who, not not people who don't play the lottery, or when, when the jackpot gets this big. That's okay. It's the people who take a kind of pride or... 
a, a pride in not playing or kind of cast a judgmental eye, like somebody who's playing the lottery tonight is dumb. And I'm wondering what two things at 855-616-1620, the WTMJ talk and text line. One, if you're a lotto player or if you bought, bought tickets for the Mega Millions tonight, did you buy the same amount you always buy or did you go a little crazy? And two, if you don't play, is it just a financial thing which makes sense? Hey, I don't have, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. You could pay, play for $2, but maybe you don't have $2 to spare. And that makes perfect sense. Or is it just, there's no way I'm going to win, so I'm not going to play? I've always looked at a huge, and I don't play the lottery unless it gets real big. I've always said that I don't start paying attention to a jackpot until it's on the news. And once the news starts to cover it, I pay a little attention going, what, it's $700 million? Huh. All right, that piques my interest a little bit. And then I'll buy in. And for me, it's it's a cheap way to have, you know, a fun fantasy for a couple days. Now, I, I mentioned before the news that I was going to tell you why I think today might be my day, despite that it's... Friday the 13th. The other day, as I mentioned, I bought $20 worth of tickets, and my wife uh, cast a little side eye at me because normally when it's a big jackpot like this, I top out at $10, which to me is not, you know, that's not an outrageous sum, especially now, uh, you know, when you can't really get a, uh, you know, a combo meal at McDonald's for under 10 bucks. So I'm like, all right, I'll make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today, and I'll, you know, play $10 on the Mega Millions, because trust me, I hit the jackpot, we're good. I don't have to worry anymore. And she won't, and then she won't be casting the side eye at me. Then she'll be, oh, she'll be happy, happy when I win that, uh, you know, however much, however much you bring home. So today, on, this morning I go to buy my tickets for tonight, and I thought to myself, well, you know what? You went a little crazy the other day. I'm not going to lie to you. I got a little Mega Millions fever. It was a little woozy. I spent the 20 bucks. Today, I only buy 10. However, I have Tuesday's Mega Millions ticket in my pocket. I scan it. Justin, what do you think happens? Did it go through? <laughs> I won $10. Oh, wow. Okay. That's see, no, right. see, that's, so a, that's a win, that, though. I count those as wins with the lottery tickets. $10, $15, those are wins. That is a win, especially on a day when I had cut my previous expenditure in half. So what do I do? Like any good degenerate gambler, I rolled it over. <laughs> yeah, I is. put it right back in. So <laughs> I still end up with 20 bucks worth of Mega Millions tickets tonight, but I only spent 10 Or did I? Did I still spend 40 Probably. I don't want to do the math. But the point is, I started the day on a good luck roll. So if if anybody in the listening area, not over the air, but just is out in their front yard and hears this wild scream in the distance, that means my day ended on a lucky note too. And that's uh that would be I, I you know, it's fun it's fun for a little bit just to think. Now you have do you ever do lottery, Justin, or is it just not something that's on your radar? I have a couple times just like putting it in with like my brother or something like that, just for fun. I think like birthday presents or like uh 
I don't even know, like little Christmas presents. We do those sometimes for lottery tickets. Oh, the scratch-offs or something? Yeah, yeah, something small. Yeah. Well, I was, last time it got this big, like in October or, or something when it was really big, I got into a pool for the first time. And and uh, that didn't work out. I think we, I don't know, 20 bucks, and we put it in the next week's week, and, you know, whatever, nothing happens. But I don't want to, I, I, I never understand these people in the pool. I just think, uh, I know theoretically it increases your chances. It also increases your chances for a lot of hassle in your life. Because imagine if you go in with people at work. Some people at work you really enjoy. Some people at work are really a pain, but they're they're in the pool. Now you now you split me and what if you know what if Justin we had a we had a pool all the time at work. Well this week you didn't give me your two dollars and we win. And you're gonna go, well but I was in this pool every day for a year and a half. I go tough luck buddy. Should I have to cut you in? Now I'm a decent guy. So I would have to talk to the other people who were in the pool, but they wouldn't want to give you any money, you know, so I'd be outvoted. But I, w I want you to know that I would have voted to give you something, not a full share because you didn't pony up your two bucks this week, unless you had a really good excuse, like you had lost an arm to a farm implement. Then maybe I'd go, all right, well, he, you know, he really couldn't dig into his pocket because he didn't have his right arm anymore. That's a good excuse for not putting in your two bucks. Other than that, I can't say I'd cut you much slack. And would you be upset by that? I guess you would. Doug texts in, I usually just bet sports and play blackjack. Obviously, the odds are a lot better. Yes. But I couldn't pass this up. Have spent a couple hundred on it so far. Wow, Doug. I like that you are a man who is all in. I'm with you, Doug. Not, I'm with you. Yeah, Doug throws it down. Now, I, I've never bet sports. I played blackjack. I'll play, uh, if the times I'm in Vegas or the casino, I'll play a little bit of blackjack. I'll uh, play a little poker. I used to play roulette just because I thought it was very cosmopolitan. Uh, the first few times I was out in Vegas when I was like 22, 23, I'd get a gin and tonic and play some roulette because I fancied myself like I was James Bond. Um, I was not. I was just a guy from you know the Midwest who lost a lot of money at the blackjack table. And by a lot, I mean probably 50 bucks because that's, that's like... That's I, there's something about gambling. I don't know. I don't... I don't really enjoy it because at the end of the night, I've, I've adopted that mentality. Like if you're at a casino and I go, all right, I'm going to take whatever. Let's say it's a hundred, 200 bucks. I'm going to take, and that's my betting money. That's what I have to play with. So if I stop at that, which I always do, if I lose it, I'm like, well, that's my, you know, that was my entertainment for the weekend or whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. But I can't, I, boy, there's just something. I don't understand the mentality of people who get into trouble betting. You know, the people, I mean, they just, they, they bet, bet, bet. I, I know the rush is there because we've all been, well, we all, most of us have been, have made some sort of bet where, you know, you go, you, you feel that rush and you're like, this is what it's all about. But. That's what I felt today when I was putting the uh, the ticket under the scanner. I was like, yee-hoo! Uh, from the 414, my view on gambling is I'm not willing to lose 300 to win 500. There you go. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I'll lose. I, I don't mind losing 10 bucks to try to win 1.35 billion. I don't know. Because who knows? Scan the ticket. Maybe, 
I always say to my wife, this is how I justify it too. I go, I don't need to win the 1.35. That would be great. But, you know, if I won 10 grand, that would be crazy. You know? So you can win a lot of different prizes, uh, as evidenced by my $10. There's my flex again. Oh, weird flex that I throw out a $10 win like I'm a big shot. <laughs> I made up money, Justin. Don't kid yourself. I got that 10 bucks. Well, I would have had it burning a hole in my pocket, but I rolled it over. Rolled it over like a degenerate. I, I want to talk about this AI thing for a minute. Specifically, there is a new AI program that is completing children's homework. Yeah, you heard me correct. Suddenly all the children in the area turned on the radio and went, we heard something can do our homework. Hang on. We'll get into that after this. 414, I buy just one lottery ticket. Your odds to do not change at all, depending, 10, 20 bucks. But $2 is okay to buy someone else their dream if I don't win. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, my, I, 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 you know, I like to see the five lines on the card rather than just one line on the card. But it makes sense. Yeah, you can just as easy to win with one as it is with five or ten. And I always go quick pick. So there you go. All right, a lot to do. And all I'm doing is dreaming about money. Uh, WTMJ Nights. We're here till 8 o'clock. Then it's Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. We were talking the other night about artificial intelligence and uh, how it's taking over things. You know, it's everywhere. It's uh, the, the future. It's the present. And I gotta be, I'm still a little nervous about all of this. I'm not a Luddite by any stretch of the imagination, but I think, uh, you know, I get worried about a little too much technology, especially something like this, which can be used a little odd. There are uh, New York City schools have already banned this, South Florida schools are trying to ban it. It's called ChatGBT, GPT rather, ChatGPT. It's an artificial intelligence bot that has an ability to complete students' homework. Now, if you're a student, you probably think this is fantastic. If you're an educator, you're like, oh boy, here we go. This is not going to be, uh, this is not going to be good. And I, I don't believe it's going to be good. I think this is bad business. Uh, there was a report in the Washington Post. They said this bot can do everything from writing essays, solving algebraic equations, and even, even completing assignments. Would you have wanted one of those in school, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I missed that by a year. I've heard about this stuff, and it's actually crazy. Like the essay part, I've seen, and all you need, really all you need to do apparently is type in like a sentence, and then you click click a button. Two seconds later, it's a whole essay of just like, and everything's different. It's not just like a bunch of crap mixed together. Like it's it's crazy. Really. It's like, yeah, it's so did, very, very did, did anybody you know use it for school, or you've just seen, like, demonstrations? And no, stuff? yeah, I've seen our buddy showed us it a couple weeks ago, and he just, like, sent an example in our group chat, and we were just mind-blown. We are like, why wasn't this a thing oh. last year when we were all seniors in school? See, now, I say from, from my vantage point far removed from college, I'm like, this is a bad idea. But, boy, there were a couple late nights trying to write a report where... <laughs> I would have been like, uh, let me talk to my AI robot, my AI bot, and uh, get this handled. So the 
According to the New York City Department of Education, they said while the tool may be able to provide quick and easy answers to questions, it does not build critical thinking and problem-solving skills, which are essential for academic and lifelong success. To which I say, duh. Yes, people would use it just to hand in their assignments. It doesn't help, it doesn't help us learn. It just helps us get stuff done. It's like uh, the robot in the Jetsons. She cleans your house, but you never learn to actually iron a shirt. That is a bad example, but I'm going to stick with it. So now uh, Miami-Dade schools are looking into this too because they're like, we don't, uh, we don't want this. Elon Musk even jumped into the fray to talk about um, to talk about the bot. He said, "Chat GPT is scary good. We're not far from dangerously strong AI." I don't. I don't want dangerously dangerously strong AI. I'm I'm going to end up like Soylent Green. I'm just going to be what the the coders and the programmers and the the bots are fed to keep them going. Uh, this was launched by OpenAI in November of this year, or 2022 rather. I guess just I still think a couple months ago. Uh, developers maintain that the bot is highly regulated by governments and industry groups around the world. Guidelines are in place to ensure that it is being used in a quote responsible and safe manner. Yeah, we're only letting kids cheat with it. We're not letting it actually take over a government or give it the launch codes for nuclear weapons. Don't worry about that. We're just giving it to some stoned college senior so he can write that or, you know, a stressed out doctorate candidate to write their thesis. Everything is fine. According to TechCrunch.com, the bot has become so popular. Ryan Reynolds, who doesn't love Ryan Reynolds? You know him as Deadpool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds enlisted ChatGPT to write an ad for Mint Mobile, which is a mobile carrier that he owns or part owns. Microsoft is going to incorporate it into, uh, incorporate the AI into Office Suite and Bing. <laughs> Bing is still a thing? And I didn't mean that to rhyme. Uh, who uses Bing? Maybe that's why Microsoft is trying to get some AI in it. You know, I use Office. I don't want, I don't know what the, who knows? Uh, it just, these are the kind of things that I, I don't lay awake all night thinking about them, but if I think about them enough, I do lay awake. And and hopefully my daughter is has graduated from college where she had to do things the old-fashioned way and she has some critical thinking skills and stuff. So if I'm a if I'm a parent of a really young child, I'm looking at the future and while I'm excited about a lot of the technological advances, there's other stuff that really really gives me pause. Uh, we lost a daredevil today. Not the one from TV or the comic books, but a real-life daredevil. Uh, the 262 telling me they just bought their Mega Millions tickets. Good luck to you, my friend. I hope you win something, if not everything. Well, you won't win everything because I'm winning everything, but you can win something. Uh, we'll talk about the daredevil and so much more after this. WTMJ Nights. <laughs> Yes, you are. Quickly, we have lost a daredevil. Uh, I grew up in the 70s. I used to watch this man's father nonstop. We emulated him driving, uh, riding our bikes over rickety ramps that we built from boards and cinder blocks. I'm talking about Evil Knievel. His son, Robbie Knievel, died today from pancreatic cancer at 60 years old. Uh, he was in Green Bay in 1998 and thrilled the crowds by uh, setting a world record jump 
at the Oneida Casino the day before he was interviewed. And if you listen to the man asking the questions, he may sound familiar to you. For all you guys watching. The kids. Do you do it for the kids? Is that what uh, makes a difference? Well, I get a lot of fan mail from the kids, but I still get tons of letters from people that watch my dad, you know, through the 70s. And uh, it's traditional. It's legendary. I'm the last of the last of the Knievels, and I got about three years left. Yes, he is definitely the last of the Knievels. Uh, Robbie Knievel died today. He did uh, set a Guinness World Record. They they televised this jump in uh, 1998 at the Oneida Casino. He flew 194 feet at 85 miles an hour from ramp to ramp. Over, uh, He was 36 years old when he did it. He said it wasn't one of his prettiest jumps, uh, but he was there. This was, this was his reaction after the jump. I said I went 194. We're going to go measure it for sure. But I was way up in the air, and I knew I was going to come down hard, and I was kind of doing a double taker with the hands up there. And I was like, you know, just, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I better grab on quick. He did. He he. Put his hands up. That was part of the deal. So uh, so that he could be woo, completely hands-free. Uh, he's talked about breaking uh, two knee surgeries, eight broken bones, torn ligaments, three compressed vertebrae, concussions. Uh, they had to put me to sleep to get pavement out of his uh, butt a few times. That was uh, back then at that jump in that voice you heard asking him questions. Our own John Mercure. A, a, uh, that was, what, 24 years ago? That John, 25 years ago almost, that John was asking those questions uh, in Green Bay. So Robbie Knievel uh, passed away today at 60. On the other side of the news, we've got a lot more to get to, including qualities, guys, that women are looking for and a very special day that we're celebrating today. So a lot to get to. We'll get to all of it after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Where you been? We've been here for an hour. Glad you're here, though. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Get involved in the program. We're here until 8 o'clock. Then it's Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. So a lot to get to. Ew, man. I am uh, I am always amazed at how rude people can be when they're traveling, how entitled they are. Everybody thinks that they are uh, you know, above the rules. They are the only people. You see it all. Oh, excuse me. You see it all the time. Boy, Justin, what happened there? That was, uh, had a little, uh, uh, I don't know what happened to me. That was not good. But anyway, excuse me. So if you fly Southwest or any of these airlines that don't have assigned seats, you're kind of at the mercy of the other passengers. And unfortunately, the other passengers are people who really, you know, don't care about anybody but themselves. And Saying that, I know people are going, well, don't you just care about yourself? I go, well, I do care about myself, but I don't just care about myself. I try to be, and this is not me tooting my own horn, I try to be cognizant of other people around me. Like, I don't stop and have a conversation in a doorway. I try not to block people's path when they're going. I try to move at a good pace if I'm in, if I'm in a crowd. So I'm always I'm always aware that there are other people in the world. 
if you've flown Southwest before, and I, you know, the problems that happen around Christmas un- unacceptable. But I always flew Southwest, and I'll fly Southwest again. But uh, this this video went viral the other day. It was a couple who were traveling together, husband and wife, and they sat in the window seat and the aisle seat. And then they were trying to choose who they wanted to sit in their row. So the deal was the husband sat in the window seat and he was taping everything on his phone. And his wife, who was not an unattractive woman, was sitting on the aisle. And they were trying to decide who who to let go or who to let come in. So The deal was then she would get up and scoot over into the middle and be sandwiched between these two people. So a lot of people, myself included, are thinking that this probably uh, had a little something more going on than just people being in the people sitting in the same row. It has a uh, it has a weird kind of hey hubba hubba energy to it. So. Uh, this guy was on Instagram. He was showing the hack that he and his wife used for a pleasant flight. He said, we took the aisle in the window until we found the right person. So uh, he says it's Southwest etiquette. So they finally, uh, you know, a young man came by, maybe mid-20s, looked like he goes to the gym a little bit, had his headphones on, and the woman says to her husband, should I be nice right here? So then she taps the guy on the shoulder and offers to move over and tells him, uh, well, we were just looking for somebody cool to scoot over. So I'm wondering how you feel about this if you were on this flight or how you feel about it in general, even if you're not on the flight. uh, I think it's kind of scummy. You know, uh, now my wife and I, when we fly Southwest, because uh, she every once in a while likes to get up, uh, every once in a while I like to get up. So what we do is we sit on the aisle right across from each other. So, you know, and then I get up if somebody wants, I don't care. The only, you know, if somebody wants, somebody takes the other seats, of course they're going to, if the seats are sold, you know, I think uh, to be honest, we've all been either in an aisle or a window and we're watching people come up thinking, all right. And it's only a size thing as a guy who's six, five and uh, you know, not a tiny man. I'm sure people see me coming up the aisle of a plane and pray that I'm not sitting in the middle seat. So I, you know, saying that I'm not trying to be a jerk or body shame, but we've all sat there and gone, oh man, please don't let this, this, uh, you know, I don't care if they're in great shape, if they're six, five and all muscly, I don't want them jamming in the middle seat either. Cause we all know how tiny the, uh, the seats are and it's no fun, but they, they, gave off a different vibe because they had set up this deal and they were, I don't know. It just seemed, it seems icky to me. Um, according to some of the, uh, the people, some people on the internet said it was childish. Uh, the fact that people do stuff like this doesn't surprise me. One person commented the fact that people are not ashamed, but advertise that they do. This is what floors me. Yeah. If you're going to do it, keep it to yourself. Uh, if I were flying solo and there was an empty space up front, I'd take it whether you wanted me to or not. You paid for two seats. You have no right to take any of the others. Uh, another commenter said exactly the type of people that make me cringe. This isn't cute whatsoever and, quite frankly, tacky. It's a form of discrimination and fraud. I don't think it's a form of discrimination. It's not fraud. 
You're sitting in two seats. There's no fraud there. Um, is it discrimination? I guess, in a, in a way, if you weren't going to let a person of color sit in the middle seat or if you were, uh, I don't know, then maybe. Uh, somebody said, I'm getting a desperate... I'm getting a desperate swinger vibe. Uh, so, and another one said, how do you look at someone and determine if they are the right person? What does that even mean? Uh, Rick in Norway, Wisconsin says, I have a question for you. All right, Rick. Why do airline manufacturers make these passenger jets so small that this is even a problem? It's money. That's the easiest, that's the easiest and I believe the most accurate answer to your question, Rick. The more people they can get on a plane, the more tickets they can sell to offset fuel costs and everything else. Uh, there's a lot of studies done for, you know, seat width, seat depth, uh, with the how much it'll recline, and it's all to get the most space, the most seats in that tiny space. That's why if you want on a lot of airlines, if you want a seat that has any semblance of leg room, you're paying extra. That's why people will rush to get on the in that first group on Southwest to sit in an exit row seat. That's why people pay for business class and first class because they get they don't have to sit in steerage with the rest of us like cattle that are all jammed in. And as I mentioned, as a guy who's 6'5, it doesn't I've been very thin and I've been heavier. It doesn't matter. Those seats, those seats are uncomfortable. And they're very, very small. But the answer to your question, Rick, do re me. It is uh, just not good, not good. So that's yeah. That I I wish I had I wish I had a different kind of answer. But we all know that's the case. Everything these airlines do, and their businesses. I don't begrudge them trying to make money. I begrudge them slashing services so much. And raising prices. Because I think I'm like most of you. I don't mind paying for something if I'm getting that value in return. You know, if you raise my if you raise my airline ticket, whatever, however amount of money you're comfortable with paying extra, and you give me good service, and you, you know, you give me a can of pop or a can of beer or, you know, something on a plane, and you treat me, you don't treat me like cattle. Okay, that's fine. And maybe take one row out of these planes. Give people make make it comfortable to fly. Because I can't imagine what a row in a Southwest plane that would be six seats. I don't know how much more how much money you would actually lose. You know, but they've cut back so many flights now they can't take seats out because what used to be empty flights or half-empty flights, I haven't been on a flight that had empty seats in I can't remember how long. You know, I took a... Well, the last time I flew was October, and that was we flew internationally, and the flight was jam-packed. And then the last time I flew domestic... Boy, that's a couple years ago. It might have been before the pandemic. I think I've flown since the pandemic. But uh, flights were, there were, wasn't an empty seat. Empty seat. Um, from the 262, I don't fly, so please pardon my ignorance, but why don't they sell tickets for specific seats like sporting events? 
Uh, if my ticket is for seat 4A, I'm sitting in 4A, problem solved. One, there's no ignorance. There's no bad questions. Most airlines do assign seats. Southwest has always been first come, first serve. Uh, now, it used to be where you had to line up. You know, you would get to the airport a couple hours early so you could be first in line so you could get on. Now, Southwest has boarding groups, and it's just open seating. So the first 30 people go in, they sit down. And, yes, it probably would be easier, but they claimed that that was part of the way that they kept their cost down was by doing open seating. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. We also know that they have, you know, ancient technology to... Uh, find their airplanes. So who knows what it is. But yes, most airlines do have assigned seats. You know, and you can go out like b before we flew to Ireland, we had to pick our seats on Aer Lingus. So we were we were all set. We knew what seats we were sitting in going and we knew what seats we were sitting in coming home. And we did the same thing. We bought uh, two aisles and we sat across from each other. Perfect. We've been married a long time. There, you know, we can talk across the aisle. We don't need to snuggle under a blanket in an airplane seat. Oh my goodness! It is a very, very special day. A day we will celebrate. A day that will live, well, not in infamy, but in happiness. Because I hope it will bring you a smile. What day am I talking about? Well, you're just gonna have to wait a minute to find out on WTMJ. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Bovo bodio, rubber ducky, joy of joy. When I squeeze you, oh, you make noise. You are so happy rubber in the ducky, tub. You're my very best friend. With your rubber it's ducky. It is oh, Rubber Ducky Day, National Rubber Ducky Day. Oh, my goodness. According to the 1973 Sesame Street calendar, Rubber Ducky's birthday is January 13th. So happy National Rubber Ducky Day to everybody. You may not have even known it. Uh, he's a friend of Ernie and Big Bird. Ducky made his debut in a February 1970 episode of Sesame Street and has been part of Ernie's baths for years and years and years. Uh, if you're, if listen, you can hashtag it National Rubber Ducky Day. Uh, the rubber ducky has come a long way from its first concept as a chew toy for children. That's true. Uh, it was first a rubber. The origin is really uncertain, according to this. I've done a lot of research on rubber duckies. The rubber molded toys came out when rubber manufacturing developed in the late 1800s. Did you ever have a rubber ducky, Justin? No, uh, like no. Those those little ones that like you leave on jeeps. <laughs> like, you know what no. I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking. I'm about? sorry. The little ones that you leave on like jeeps and stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? I leave on jeeps. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's it's a jeep thing. So I I don't know if you know it, but yeah, I guess people, I don't. Please yeah, please yeah. expound. Yeah, I guess if you have a jeep and you see somebody else with a jeep, you leave like a little rubber ducky on their car, and like people with jeeps collect them. And my mom has a jeep so she gets a bunch of random rubber duckies on there and really yeah yeah yeah. i have cool. never heard of that before yeah it's cool it's cool that is very cool yes that's why i'm talking well now yeah now they're plastic they're the little yellow ones they're all cut but yes wow all right if somebody who drives a jeep please uh 
not not that not to back Justin up, but explain why this is. What is I get? I know the Jeep. Uh, there's a lot of waving between Jeep people. There's a lot of honking uh, in the Jeep community. But what's with the rubber ducks? If you are a Jeep driver, please call 855-616-1620. I need to enlighten myself of this. But they started out as rubber. Then World War II uh, happened. And once World War I and II came, rubber was a valued commodity, so they started rationing it. By the 40s, when plastic came around, they started making the rubber ducks out of vinyl and plastic. So now uh, you see them all over. They're, they... I hadn't seen them for a long time. There's a fundraiser in Chicago where they take thousands. Of, I think it's for MS or uh, muscular dystrophy. It's a big fundraiser where they dump thousands of rubber duckies into the Chicago River. So once a year, I was always aware of the rubber duckies. Then I found out that my uh, my wife really enjoys them. And... A number of years ago, I was leading a tour to England, and she bought. It became a thing within the tour group that uh, my wife was on the hunt for rubber ducks, all kinds of rubber ducks of British with British flair to them, and so she ended up coming back from England with I think fourteen or fifteen different rubber ducks, everything from Churchill to the Queen to uh, one of the beef eaters at uh, Buckingham Palace. She had all these rubber ducks. Uh, the Queen, speaking of the Queen, Queen, Queen Elizabeth II had a rubber duck in her bathroom that wore an inflatable crown all the way up to her desk. Uh, her death, rubber ducky became, uh, was in, brought into the Toy Hall of Fame in 2013. Um, so they say there are ways to observe National Rubber Ducky Day. You can spend time with your favorite rubber ducky. You can share photos of your rubber ducky collection. Discover all different kinds of rubber duckies. Use the hashtag National Rubber Ducky Day and post on social media. All right. I need to know about this Jeep thing. I have two rubber ducky trivia questions. Unfortunately, I have no prizes. But if you think you know it, text your answer to 855-616-1620. All right. What is, and well, I know it now people can Google. So never mind. I'll just give you the answers. I'll ask Justin. Because I think, uh, other than the Jeep thing, I may have I may have used up all your rubber ducky knowledge, Justin. But we'll see. Okay, okay. You got Finn here too what, with us. Oh, Finn, all right. Listen, I know Finn's got a lot going on with his rubber duck collection. All right, gentlemen. What's the world's largest rubber duck? World's largest rubber duck? Yes. You can. I will. All right. I'll just ask you to estimate in feet. Or compared to a building, what do you think the world's largest rubber duck would be? What do you think, Finn? What are you thinking? Ah, uh, man. I'll go 15 stories tall. Okay, 15 stories. Justin, do you have a guess? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that with him. He seems pretty confident. <laughs> You're going to go 15 stories. Well, you guys overshot by a little bit. It's six stories tall, <laughs> th weighs 30,000 pounds. It's the world's largest inflatable rubber duck. Uh, it's owned by Big Duck LLC. Mama Duck and her baby duck traveled to waterfront festivals across the country. So you were in the right ballpark with stories, but you just went a little high. All right. Who has the world's largest rubber duck collection? You can just tell me what country you think this person lives in. The UK. 
Uh, All right. I'll go. I'll not go with, here. Uh, not Japan. Here. Yeah, good guess. I was going to say something like that, China or something. Well, gentlemen, I don't know what you have against the good old United States of America. <laughs> no way. I don't know why you hate this country. <laughs> but according to the Guinness Book of World Records, American Charlotte Lee owns the world's largest collection of rubber ducks. Her collection in 2011 compromised 5,631 rubber ducks. There you go, Charlotte. So God bless America, gentlemen. That's all I can say to you. We got to do this. Then Finn, uh, I don't know. He's he's got the news. He he doesn't like ducks or America. But we'll do. We'll go to the news after this on WTMJ. This is WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. All right, I like to learn things as much as the next guy. We were uh, Justin brought up something I had never heard about. We were talking about Rubber Ducky Day. Justin brought up that uh, he said, oh, you mean the kind of ducks that people leave on Jeeps, which I had never heard of, which led me down a rabbit hole of trying to figure it out. And I've been asking you at 855-616-1620, if you're a Jeep owner, is that a thing? I got a text from the 847, yes, I own a Jeep and randomly receive rubber ducks. I didn't know it was a thing until I owned a Jeep. Now I know it's special and something to look forward to. So I had to figure this out. So uh, I'm going to watch my enunciation quite carefully because this is a phenomenon known as ducking. Keep your finger over the dump button, Justin. Um, so this is from a from Auto Trader. Canada's Auto Trader website. It was from September. Uh, so Jeep, now we just learned, fellas, the largest rubber duck in the world is Mother Duck. It's the inflatable one that stands six stories tall. Well, Jeep rented that one and brought it to the Detroit Auto Show last September, uh, calling it a show of appreciation for a fun new tradition in the Jeep community. But what are Jeep owners doing? Well, they're ducking a Jeep. It's the act of placing a small rubber duck on a Jeep that you randomly see. The little rubber ducks can have drawings or other messages written on them, perhaps sharing admiration for someone's customization or accessories, the amount of mud they've accumulated, or just showing love for the community. They don't really know the reason. Uh, doesn't matter because it's just meant to spread joy to other Jeep drivers, which the 847 texture backs up. Just something special to look forward to. So the trend started in the summer of 2020 when the creator thought uh, that more smiles were desperately needed. The official Ducking Jeep Facebook group describes the origin this way. Quote, Creator Allison Parliament founded Duck Duck Jeep in Ontario, Canada after a crazy experience left her wanting to spread kindness because the world was on fire and not in a good way. She took a tiny rubber duck, left it on a Jeep, and got caught doing it. We've taken the kindness uh, we've created and turned it into something amazing. Uh, she described her first ducking to Jeep. I saw a really nice Jeep Wrangler in the parking lot. It was tricked out and lifted. So I grabbed a duck, wrote cool Jeep on it, and left it on the door. She snapped a photo and posted it on her Instagram with the hashtag DuckDuckJeep. So there you go. There Any Jeep can be ducked, not just Ramblers. What kind of Jeep does your mom drive, Justin? Oh, uh, I she switches off all the time. She just got a new. She likes. One. She's a Jeep lady. Yeah, hundred percent Jeep lady. Yeah, she. Uh, I, I forget what it is now. I don't. I don't want to say something wrong, but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, a newer. Is, car. is it one that the top will come off, or yes, is it like yeah, more of an SUV? No, top comes off. I'm pretty sure it's a uh, 2022. It's it's nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Man, your mom is rolling. Nice Jeep. Well, she, any, any Jeep can be ducked. Like I said, the whole purpose is to be kind and spread kindness. The group has 67,000 members. Uh, there are almost 200,000 posts on Instagram with the duck, duck Jeep tag. Some people take it real serious. Of course, they try to match the color of the duck to the Jeep, handing out seasonal ducks. Now, does your mom have a bag of ducks in the car? Does she, does she do it too? Or she just likes to get them? Yeah, so she she's got a couple, I think, in her back seat. She just has them, um, but she didn't start <laughs> doing that until like her third time getting ducked. Okay. I guess yeah, right. So after that, uh, she looked it up, and I tried telling her like from the start, hey, this is a thing, and I don't think she listened to me. She never does, but um, yeah. And then after that third time, she's like, dang, I need I need to get a bag of these. So she start doing the same thing, trading them off. Sometimes ducks she gets, she'll put them on other jeeps. So she she likes oh my it. God. <laughs> if I tell my wife about this, you know what's going to be in our driveway in a couple weeks? A jeep. There we go. <laughs> yes, of course. She's gonna. Want... <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right. Uh, the night two will making me crack up. But we'll leave it at that. Um, so, yeah, so that's why Jeep brought Mama Duck that we, how, man, it's all tying together. The uh, the six-story duck was at the thing. So, look, at Justin, thank you for bringing that up. I never would have known about this. And now it's, uh, no, you don't get your five minutes back. Nope, we're, <laughs> we're talking about ducking a Jeep. It's Friday night at 740. We're having a little fun. Uh you know, if you can't have fun on a Friday night, when can you have fun? And we all learned something new. So now we're going to take a deep breath, and then I'm going to teach you, gentlemen, whether you need it or not, things that the ladies find attractive. What do ladies really like? I have the answer, and I'm the guy who just taught you about ducking. So you know I'm qualified on WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. We're getting more backup on this uh, Ducks on the Jeep thing from the 920. I have a Jeep Cherokee. I have yet to find the Easter egg that they hide in all the Jeeps. I believe it's there, though. As to the ladies, they like Ducks and Jeeps. We're going to have to add Ducks and Jeeps to the other things. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to meet uh, a lady, but guys forever have been asking, what do women want? And since it's Friday night and maybe somebody is out trying to... Uh, trying to meet someone of the fairer sex. There's some science behind this. Scientists have been asked. They've been uh, looking things up. They've been doing research. Here are some things that the ladies find attractive. So these types of studies, uh, you know, they're small, frequently rely on self-reported feelings in a lab. They may be different from how women truly react, but the participants are often college grads. Here we go. So whatever helps. Take it for what it's worth, which is a lot, really. All right, number one, good looks can be a factor, but they're not as important as you might think. Right now, every 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 guy who's just regular-looking guy like myself is like, hey, this is pretty good. In studies, women typically choose better-looking guys for flings, not for long-term relationships. So homely guys get married, good-looking guys get a lot of flings. I know there's... Listen, I know there's a lot of middle ground between homely and really good looking. So you know what I mean. A sense of humor is important to women. Scientists have found it makes men seem more intelligent. I firmly believe that. 
Not that it makes us seem more intelligent. I don't know why women like a sense of humor, but they do. It also helps if you have a lot of money and you're good looking. But the sense of humor, I think, uh, well, it's worked well for me over the years, and I've been married for a long time. For lo Now, ladies, if you hear this, and please, uh, ladies, you can jump in and add to this list at 855-616-1620 because we value your opinion here, and I want you... I, I also want you to tell me if this list is uh, bogus or if you're agreeing with it. So, ladies, it's Friday night. It's ladies' night on WTMJ Nights, at least for this segment. Uh, jump in. For long relationships, women tend to prefer altruistic men who are kind and do good deeds. Now, Justin, I know your old ploy was uh, when you were going on a first date to hire an old woman to fall down in the street so you could go and pick her up. Has that worked for you? Did you get a lot of second dates when you did that? Works every single time. I knew it. See? Man, oh, man. The altruistic Justin move. You gotta, That's you what got, I like. You got to have the friends friends hype you up next to you. Say, oh, yo, yeah, remember that one time? Oh, yeah, you saved my cat or something like that. <laughs> you got you to have a buddy with you helping you out. There you go. Oh, man, you're lucky to be talking to Justin. One time he saved eight orphaned yeah, cats from a building, burning building. <laughs> there we Whoa, go. Oh, really? You, you get it. Betcha. You get it. I know exactly. Listen, I know how it works. I've been around the block. Uh, in studies, women chose men posing. <laughs> These have to be very recent studies. Women chose men posing in front of expensive cars or apartments versus ordinary ones, possibly because they make the man appear rich. What it doesn't say is, once those women met those men that they saw on social media standing in front of expensive cars, they realized those guys were just walking down the street and went, oh, look, a Lamborghini, take a picture of me. Doesn't mean they're theirs. That, that I think, is uh, that's a weaker play than your uh, having your friend hype you up with the rescuing kittens move. Yeah, ladies, come on, you can't fall for that. Oh, look at that guy standing in front of it. Uh, you know, I have a picture of me in front of Graceland. Do you think that makes me appear rich if you don't see the gate? No. Uh, women may like older men because they've had time to accumulate more resources. In other words, we want a sugar daddy. That's all that sentence says. Accumulate more resources means they have more money and stuff. Uh, another one, facial hair has been an attraction and a repellent in studies. So that feature is likely based on preference. Do you want your, uh, do what you want with your face, you'll attract the right mate. I have learned over the last, because when COVID came, I went a little crazy, like a lot of us did. And I went from beard to a goatee to just mustache and soul patch. And now I'm clean shaven again because my wife, I found out, hates facial hair with a passion. So that's good to know. What else do the ladies like? Older research concluded that people liked when other people liked them. <laughs> okay. But recent studies have found that playing hard to get could be an effective tactic. That's worked for women for years, decades, centuries. I think since Adam and Eve. But now they're saying men need to act hard to get. So once... So, Justin, once they start cloying over you for your uh, altruistic move of saving the kittens and helping uh, senior citizens carry their groceries home, then you got to play hard to get. When men are unavailable, they might make women want them more. Or the women might go, 
screw this guy. There's a million guys. I'm going to go find somebody else. I'm going to go find somebody to put a duck on my Jeep. Small studies have indicated that men with dogs do better with the ladies. Do you have a dog, Justin? I do have a dog. Look at you. I know. Got it all down. You got all the steps covered. I'm checking them off the list right now. Man, oh, man. You you are stacked. Uh, In one speed dating experiment, women are more attracted to men who were mindful, present, attentive, and non-judgmental. Well, yeah. If you're doing speed dating and you sit down and the guy's checking his phone, he's not really interested. So that that's that's kind of a no-brainer. All right. This I've got to start doing more. Women around the world perceived men as more attractive when they wore red. Hmm. So every woman loves Santa. Of course they do. I don't know if I have I have a red sweatshirt. That's about it. But yeah, I think maybe it's a Santa Claus thing. They don't tell when this uh, when this study was taken. It was taken mid December. You know, women find men in red more much more attractive. Uh... <laughs> a text. Hey, uh, Brian. I like to tell women I'm cheap, but I'm not easy. How does that work out for you, Texer? Does that uh, does that line work? I hope so. All right, here we go. Women have rated men higher who take heroic and sometimes primal risks, like you rushing into the burning building to save those kittens, Exactly, exactly. Yes! Oh my gosh, it actually says it. These include saving people's lives, hunting for food, and playing with fire. (laughs) So if, if I... Well, I guess if you hunt, maybe you... Maybe if you kill a deer and you bring it home and you cook it, that's two. And if you save your hunting buddy's life from getting gored by that deer, you got a trifecta right there. How do you know what I? Hey, you know what I did when you're back at the when you're back at the bar after you come home from deer camp. You know what I did? See, uh, see my buddy over there, almost got gored by a buck, but I wrestled that buck to the ground, brought it home, and I cooked it. Oh my, you're so manly. I can't believe it. I don't know why I'm talking to a southern woman in a uh, in a bar near a deer park, but or a deer camp, but that's what I do. So there you go, fellas. Listen, I can only do so much for you. I can lay out the deal. I can tell you what you need to know, but now you got to go out and do it yourself. But I I will tell you this: it's not on the list. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the and this you know a lot of the he-man macho types might uh, poo-poo me for saying this. You know what the ladies like when you treat them with respect. All right, we'll come back and start to wrapping things up here on WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. Creative Planning presents Rethink Your Money with John Hagenson, Saturday afternoon at 1. At Creative Planning, we have an entire team working for you, including wealth advisors, CPAs, and attorneys, all working together, all in one place. Let Creative Planning show you a richer way to wealth. Visit creativeplanning.com. That's creativeplanning.com. 
WTMJ's John Mercure here. My wife and I are taking an incredible trip in 2023. We'd love for you to be with us. It is stunning Scandinavia. It's like a Nordic postcard, this trip. It'll unfold right before our eyes as we discover the lands where the Vikings reign. It's Norway, Sweden, it's Denmark. It's an amazing itinerary. Copenhagen's picturesque harbor lined with colorful facades, the charming cafes. We'll, of course, see the beautiful fjords in Norway. We'll also spend time in Sweden. Absolutely incredible. Great food, local cocktails, a wonderful itinerary. I'd love for you to be with us in September 2023, September of this year. Won't you consider coming along? Let me send you the information. I've got a beautiful brochure. John.Mercure at WTMJ.com. John.Mercure at WTMJ.com. It is stunning Scandinavia with the chance to also add on Iceland. We'll be doing that. Let me send you the brochure. September of this year's The Trip. John.Mercure. M-E-R-C-U-R-E at WTMJ.com. Oh my, only a few minutes left on WTMJ Nights. Then we make room for Brewers Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. I will be back all month on WTMJ Nights. Very excited to be here working with Justin and Tommy and talking to you. So uh, when the Bucks aren't playing and there's uh, no sporty sports, it'll be you and I hanging out. We're going to end with a couple of animal stories. You know I like a good animal story. Uh, and not not just listening to Justin's talking about saving kittens from a burning building. I hear it all the time. Uh, guys always, oh, look at me. Look at how altruistic I am. Uh, I was carrying home some groceries, and that was it. This, this is scary. Everything's okay, but this is kind of scary. Our first animal story comes from Dallas, Dallas, Texas. A missing clouded leopard shut down the Dallas Zoo on Friday as police helped search for the animal that officials described as not dangerous and likely hiding somewhere on the zoo grounds. I hear uh, leopard, I immediately think dangerous. Why? Because it's a wild animal. Two, it's got big teeth and claws. Three, it's probably hungry, but it's hiding. It was hiding somewhere on the zoo ground. It weighs about twenty to twenty-five pounds, according to the uh, vice president of animal care and conservation. The search inside the largest zoo in Texas fo- focused on scouring trees. That's where clouded leopards like to climb. Now they didn't say what clouded leopards like to eat. Uh, I don't know if toddlers are on that list. But I would have been uh, I would have been quite worried if I was at the zoo. They tweeted that the missing cat named Nova was a quote unquote serious situation, but that the animal no posed no threat to humans because she's real nervous and afraid of people. <clears throat> All right, sounds like some people I know, but I still wouldn't want to be have them escape from their cages. He didn't say how the animal escaped its enclosure. How many times have you been to a zoo and uh, looked and thought? That doesn't look very hard for this animal to get out of. Like, they've got, I know they must measure it and know, like, for the lion enclosures, for example, usually there's a, a moat and then there's kind of a netting or a, a plexiglass that kind of curves upward. But those animals look pretty big. And rationally, I know they can't get out, but irrationally, I always like to, uh, I always like to panic. Plus, at the Dallas Zoo, animals have escaped their closure before enclosures before. In 2004, a 340-pound gorilla named Jabari jumped over the wall and went on a 40-minute rampage that injured three people before, before he had to be put down. 
See, gorillas aren't stupid. And neither are you. That's why you listen to the program. And that's why I thank you for being with us and joining in. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your holiday if you are off on Monday. I will talk to you Monday night at 6. Justin, thank you for all your help tonight. Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio comes your way on the other side of the news, which comes your way after this. Have a great night. It's WTMJ.